What's up? What's up, people? We are on episode six of the Dog Days podcast with the Swiss Army knife of dog training, Dave Croyer. What's going on, man? Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. It's been I've been uh, following you for a while. Um, I, I, I changed religions. I try to tell people this all the time. I did like a switch of religions in dog training. I was training. Then I had my old time method of way of training. And then I switched to more advanced, uh, kind of along the, the way the dog learns, how he's understanding you. And right. uh, I purchased a download that um, you put out. It's like a voiceover with the ladies, talk, a, a female's voices talking over it. Oh, yeah. One of the old DVDs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Vid- the video looks old, but um, it is yeah. pretty yeah, old. So- yeah, so I'm I probably got it. probably 30 pounds heavier too on that. <laughs> I got the video because when the video starts off, you're like shaking this lady hand, you're in a in a bite suit. Um kind of at the beginning, and it's just talking about the clicker training and the pictures, uh take it, you know, right. learning in pictures and stuff like that. And so it's just been a uh a, a road for me, but much more smoother in my training, uh communicating with the dog like that with marker training and learning the the way that they understand, uh, you know, people. Cool, cool. Is that is that the only um, media that you have seen of anything that I do? Uh, I, I watch your uh, the stuff you put on Instagram, Facebook, stuff like that. Um, but okay, you you haven't been to my website yet. I have not. I have not. Okay, I I'm gonna do a very short, and I'm not even gonna promote it but i want to talk to you about it okay um and and about those dvds quickly because the dvds apparently had some impact on your training um those dvds that i made they're 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 five six seven maybe eight years old Mm -hmm. um when i did them that project never was completed It, it never got completed the dvds really weren't coming out as quick as i wanted them to it was with a production company and i always felt that my training was always changing like literally whatever I did yesterday I could be doing differently today and not that what I did yesterday was irrelevant but I felt like once we put something on a DVD it was dead you know and that was it right and it's Mm -hmm. like I had to live breathe eat whatever the hell was on that DVD which I do but I felt it was like the death of what I do as an art for, for dog training so I kind of um I backed away from working with that company and I decided I wanted to do something more um, multi-dimensional kind of a thing. So I've got a website with, which has over 500 instructional videos and it kind of took, it took over where those DVDs left off. So um, man, I, I'm going to hook you up with that. I'm going to, I hope your, your, your listeners don't get mad at me, but I'm going to give you a free one-year subscription. No, they're not going to get mad at, no. at you at all. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a free, I'm going to give you a free one-year subscription, man. I want you to check it out because I really feel cool about what the website is. Um, and it's a little bit different. It's a little more breathing, uh, living type of thing, man. Because if you ask me how to, I train one thing, I'll give you probably 10 different video examples of 10 different ways to do it, man. And I, I'll wake up tomorrow and go, hey, check this out. I got a new way that I, I, uh, I was messing with something the other night and it's working good. And I'm going to show you this 
And not that the old ways are bad, but like I said, my shit's always evolving, always yep. evolving. Yeah, and that's because training's not cookie cutter. It's like uh, you can kind of uh, improvise when dogs diff- with different dogs, different dogs going to give you different situations to handle differently. Oh, hundred percent. I feel like just going through your page and going through looking at you from six, seven years of, I feel like you're involved in so much stuff, like from the dock diving to uh, like ring sport, I guess. What do you do, Mondio? Um, Mondio ring, a French ring. Uh, yeah, dock diving. Um, IGP, otherwise known as IPO. So yep. um, I train with a lot of PSA people. I personally don't do PSA. I may be doing it in the future, but you know, my whole life I've had like one or two dogs always involved in like top level of whatever sport they were in. Right. Yes. I, I have one high level IGP dog, one high level ring sport dog. It's always tough for me to, to jump into a different sport, you know? So the ring sports and IGP, I mean, I've done tons of AKC obedience training, um, uh, tracking, you know, I worked police dogs and that type of thing for years and years and years. Um, search and rescue involved with the FEMA teams and stuff like that. So I, I've had my feet in about everything that you can think of. Yeah, I think that's how dog training should be. Or if you're a trainer, you're like, people can come to you for different things versus just, oh, he does IGP. Because a lot of, like, I just recently uh, started doing helper work in IGP, and I've been doing suit work since uh, 05, something like that. I've been in the suit since 05, and mainly personal protection, uh, uh, law enforcement, and PSA were kind of my my thing of uh, being able to work. And I still didn't have, like, the flashy. I had functional obedience, but not it wasn't crisp and, you know, like, like IGP. So right. that's what made me... Um, venture off into something that had a higher standard of uh, what they require for their obedience. And uh, so now I'm uh, uh, at South Metro uh, with Wallace and uh, oh, yes. my buddy. So I'm a, I'm a helper down there, um, but I don't have a dog yet. Um, my main dog is still um, young. He's 15 months. He's going and I'm going to do PSA with him, but I, I definitely want to get a dog for IGP. So let me ask you something real quick. How long how long have you been training and um, you know, what types of training did you start out in? Um, oh, we're, we're going on probably 22 to 23 years now um, that I've been involved pretty much at least 20 years as, as a professional, whatever that means, right? Like I make money at it. It's what I do for, to pay my mortgage and eat food. But um Competitively, I've been doing it also for, for about, you know, 19, 20 years. I, um, a lot of people don't know this about me. Before I got into dogs, I was in the music industry from when I was 17 years old until I was about 28, 29 years old. Um, and I was a professional touring musician. I was a teacher. I have degrees in music, jazz education, uh, uh, tons of different stuff. For whatever reason, I got out of that industry and it was not because I wasn't making it. I was, I did a lot in that industry. I just felt like doing something different. And um, the reality was I didn't know how to do anything else. It's like, well, what else can I do? I can go flip burgers at, at Burger King, 
or I can, I'm good with dogs. I have two dogs, you know, I, I didn't even know shit about training. And I went to a dog training school um, and I graduated and I put everything, you know, that I could into that. And, um, and that's kind of where I, I'm not going to go through all the places that I work and that type of thing, but um, you know, I kind of hit the ground running and was real fortunate with one of my first um, IGP back then called Schutz and Dogs. I went to three world championships with that dog. Uh, but, you know, I kind of, like every, when I decide to do something, like I, I race mountain bikes, I race BMX, I do a lot of that type of thing. Uh, whatever I do, man, I give it my everything. Like whether it's dog training, whether it's, you know, and I get up really early. I have a very scheduled day with training dogs and training my body for racing. Um, and, and that's the way I kind of approach everything. You know, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And hopefully leave some kind of stamp of my name when I leave this earth. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been doing it for, for 20 years. And um, everything about dog training interested me, not just one thing, right? Like there was obviously working with companion dogs. Um, and that was my bread and butter for many, many years, as it is for most people. But the, the competitive working dog side is the, the thing that kind of grabbed me and, um, you know, lit the fire. And it wasn't, you know, the German Shepherd dog. Um, I was just into dog. I don't, you know, I'm into a good working dog. I don't care if, it, if you know, if it's a Shepherd, Mally, Dutch Shepherd, um, you know, uh, bully breed. Don't matter to me if it's a cool working dog. I'm cool with it. Right, right, right. Yeah, I have uh, the same type of, and I think that makes for good trainers because I, I definitely look back at some of my old videos and I look back at myself now and I just see like a big change. And I think everybody has that evolution. But what makes you good is the obsession of like being like so obsessed with what you're doing. I have the same passion for like jujitsu. I just started doing jujitsu right. at 38. Awesome. And uh, I just had a competition this, this weekend. I got gold in one division, silver in another. But Nice, man. Congrats. I'm super, super sore. Thanks. Super sore. I'm trying to recover from that right now. But <laughs> yeah, man, it's something I, I really. But you I'm, know, if if you're training with Wallace's group, you, you're with the right crew, man. For one, Wallace is a dear, dear friend of mine. Known him for almost as long as I've been doing this stuff. And um, he's that guy, you know, for one, he's great at developing helpers, man. He's just freaking great at that. push you so you're in the right spot yeah you kind of went out for like three seconds there <clears throat> but it's all good <laughs> yeah so um yeah i really i really hopefully, like hopefully you caught what i was saying <laughs> yeah i heard the thing about you saying about wallace it's a, it's a real good spot he's good at developing helpers he's uh yeah he's definitely i, de I definitely see that he's real meticulous about everything um even with the helper work oh, yeah. so it's good to have him uh be under his tutelage um but yeah and i'm looking to do the same thing that i've done you know with the rest of the stuff in my life with being an igp helper um just because i feel like i'm a good helper in suit work i feel like i'll be just as good or better doing the igp helper work so i want to just do a couple of uh like national level uh uh competitions or, or trials and um i'll work my way up and see how that works out so I, I'm kind of uh, I, I like you're. Are you familiar with French Ring? 
Um, not much. I've watched a few trials, but I'm not uh well. Okay, so like with with your background of doing jujitsu or any martial arts or anything like that, man, it would seem to me like French ring would be from a decoy standpoint, like a really good spot for you. Um, you know, uh, most of the really good French ring decoys um, are have some kind of athletic training. A lot of them are soccer players. There's one, one of my favorite, it's probably everybody's Her. Uh, favorite Dick, you, yeah, uh, yeah. Bovenga, you know, and he's a martial arts guy, right? That's where yeah. he kind of comes from that type of thing. So that may be something you want to look into um, getting into that. There's not a whole, oh yeah, there is some around uh, Georgia now. Um, I don't know where they're at, but there's a new club. There's, there. there's a club, there's a club that does French ring here. And there's a guy locally, I think his name's Miles. He, he's a, oh yeah. Miles Ronan, little Miles. Yeah. Yeah. Little dude. He's real super athletic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, my knees are bad, man. Like, so taking a lot of like leg bites and jumping and spinning, you know, just taking the leg bites is like a lot, you know, um, one, because yeah. I waited so late in life. For sure it is. I've stuff. had. Yeah, man, it's tough. I've had both my MCLs and ACLs torn. Oh, so I am the same 52, boat. <laughs> a little bit older, but uh, it's 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 tough. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough on you, man. Yeah. So what would you say is your favorite breed of dog? Like if you had to have one dog um, to compete with, to do anything with that's versatile, can do everything that you like to do, what what the kind of dog would it be? I mean, if you ask me my favorite dog in my household right now, it would be my beagle. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, performance, you know, wise. for 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 performance man okay this is a tough question because for igp i prefer a german shepherd dog for ring sport and psa that type of thing i prefer a malinois but the sports were designed right the the um the uh, igp was designed for a german shepherd and i know people are going to hear me say this go well the malinois they kick ass but i get it i totally get it mm -hmm. but it's a, it was designed for the german shepherd ring sport french ring was designed for the malinois right right so i that's why for for i've got my shepherd for that and i got my malinois for that so that's kind of where i've got to leave that okay <laughs> yeah yeah so have you had any like uh like education and like behavioral stuff like formal education doing like animal behavior or did you just kind of pick up on all this stuff uh you know, platonically, like just through people and learning? Well, uh, when, you know, when I was in college and going to school for music and, um, you know, I've got a master's in music education, I I did a lot of, you, you know, if you do a master's in anything, you're probably learning some shit you had no idea you wanted to learn. But yeah. I was also taking classes on applied theory, stuff like that, psychology, um, not having any idea I would be coming full circle round back to it. Right. Right. Like you just, I just doing those credits to get them out of the way, whatever. Um, but I do have an education in, in applied behavior, um, that type of thing. So when I got into dog training, it was just kind of natural evolution, even though I came full back circle and I'm like, Oh, now that crap that I learned, you know, when I was drunk and high half the time in college, I understand how I'm going to apply it now. 
Um, and ever since I've gotten into dog training, you know, in the second half of my life, I'm not really a student of many other trainers. There's other trainers that I watch maybe, and I grab and I take from, you know, Wallace is one of them. Um, but I, I'm a student of applied theory and that type of thing. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I really view animal training as a technology, right? There's the laws of learning. Mm -hmm. And once you understand the laws, then you know how to break them. It's like, you know, if you're a jazz musician, once you become a master of how music theory works, then I can break them and I can be an avant-garde or a, you know, a free-form jazz musician. But until you know how the rules work or the laws of learning, you can't break them. So I, that's where I come from. You know, I'm a, some people call me a technician, um, uh, whatever, man. I look at it as an artist with animals because <laughs> I work with a lot of different species too. <laughs> right, right, right. I think I saw you with a goat before. Yep, yep. And, uh, I've got a goat that, that I'm messing goat. here with. Yeah, I was just doing some operant A to B stuff with it. Um, you know, we've got cats here. We've got chickens here. We've got horses here. Um, I work with an, an animal wrangler in town. Uh, with some different species of animals for different commercials and stuff like that. So that's something that really, you know, I'm into. And when you, when you come from working with an animal like that, you know, you kind of got to put a lot of emotion aside, right? You go, well, how, how does this animal work, right? You know, and there are the laws of learning through applied behavior. And that's where I come from. Okay. So what I, what I, there's not too many people let me see how to, I got to choose my words wisely. <laughs> there is. No, you don't just throw them out there like I do. <laughs> so in the, in the IGP world, I feel like the people are, are so locked into IGP that they don't do anything else. And it's kind of like, you just get in the mindset that what you're doing is not, you're not all in if you don't, if you just if you don't just do IGP, you got what I'm saying? Right. And it's not it's not just where I am. It's it's it seems like everywhere I go, that's I'm get involved with the IGP people. That's how they are. They're like, you know, get out of that suit. Da, 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 da. You know, and it's just a lot of crazy like. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. But it's also like that, dude, There, it, even if you come to the ring sport side, you know, like you always see these arguments on social media about, oh, which is the best sport? Um, uh, my buddy, Will, and I, we did a podcast together a couple months ago. It was kind of mocking everybody, but we did a, a podcast talking about the best sport, right? And we went mm -hmm. through all the, I, we went through ring sport, PSA, Mondial ring, French ring, IGP, whatever. But before we, we, we stated, hey, man, if you've not done these at a high level, you don't get to fucking talk, exactly, right? Right. It, nobody needs to say anything. Even my IGP friends can shut up, my, you know, unless you've done it at a high level. But I mean, what I mean is I've done Mondial Ring at a high level. I've been to two Mondial Ring World Championships. In French Ring, um, I've been to the Cup of Americas as the domestic grand champion. In IGP, I've been to 12 world championships. So I, I'm one of the few people, I, I can raise my hand and talk, right? I've, yes. I've, I've, I get to have my opinion. Too many people are throwing opinions uh, out there 
especially they don't on know. social media. They right. have no idea how you even gonna, don't say anything, you know, um, how, how you're 30, 40? 40, yeah. 40, okay, so uh, you're not too far behind me, but you're, you're still younger. But it was funny, you know, when, when I was growing up, I, I always sat back and I shut up. I didn't give my opinion. Mainly, even if I had one, I didn't. I never felt that I had earned the right to give an opinion, right? Until I mastered something, whether it was music or dogs or whatever I was doing, right? Now, man, everybody's going to give their opinion. Right. You go on social media, and some dude that's been doing this for three weeks saw a couple YouTube videos, going to give me his fucking opinion. Right. And so it's it's a really tough thing. And I hear what you're saying about the IGP people, but it's the same thing with the ring people. And my, one of my biggest breakthroughs in performance dog work was when I started doing multiple dog sports. I'm like, holy crap, man, I can use this from over here and yes. do it over here. Yes. And, you know, you know, like being in a suit and understanding French ring and being a Mondial ring judge and doing that and doing IGP and doing the police dogs and all that, man, suddenly it's like, wow, man, it all is intertwined. It's not just one thing, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, my grandma used to tell me, stop talking about stuff that you don't know nothing about. So right. she used to drill that into my head. And I, t today, I just, if I don't know about something, I'll try to get involved to find out about it. But if I haven't done it, I really don't say a whole lot about it. I just like to say, this is my lane. This is where I am. And this right. is what I know about this. And I don't think one sport's more difficult than the other, or this is harder or than that one. <laughs> they all, they're, they're all hard. Man. They're all they're hard, all hard. <laughs> at the higher levels. All yeah, of them right. are difficult. Yep. yep. Um, I and, and, and most of the times, I, I'm just involved with stuff that uh, correlates to a dog that is more like a personal protection or a police dog. You know what I'm saying? Right. So if my life caters to that, that's what I like. That's kind of what I what i do but igp has higher standards for like they're real meticulous about stuff you know so i kind of said oh let me join this because every person that i've seen that was good in psa they also did igp at one point in their life like you know what i'm right. saying so either they started out and switched and then they kept that same obedience just working a suit dog you know what i'm saying and um i just thought it was it was something that i needed to add to my you know, man, the more you can add, the more you can add, um, you, you know, the better. One of my my old um, when I was in the music, well, when I was going to school and learn and, and learning about I, I'm a drummer. That That's what I get. You know, a drummer percussionist. I also play piano. I had a, a teacher uh, by the name of Carl Allen, um, an older jazz drummer. And that mm -hmm. was kind of my thing. I come from uh, that background. And um I remember Carl always used to tell me when we were down in the studio and he was giving me my lesson. He's like, man, you got to think of this like you're a chef, right? And a good chef is going to take a little of this, a little of that, a little of that, a little of that, throw it in. And that's going to be the final product, right? right. And that's kind of the way I, I've thought about everything that I've done, whether it's my music career back then, my dog training, even my my cycling career, well, it, I don't have a cycling career. That was a bad choice of words. <laughs> what I do is a hobby, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I mountain bike, I road bike, I, um, I free ride, I race BMX. And these are, you know, four completely different disciplines within cycling. And they're the same thing. You know, a lot of people will go, oh, that's better than this, or this is better than that. 
but man, they all blend together. And, and that's, you know, that's how I've always been about everything I do. Right. Right. I see it. I see it the same as, um, like NFL players or MMF fighters taking like ballet to get their balance better. It's just a, something yeah. to add um, to your repertoire. It ain't going to hurt, right? right? It's it, not going to hurt. Gonna hurt. <laughs> yes, indeed. So right now you have uh, a dog competing in IGP. I have a young dog coming up. He is a little over two now. Um, uh, Hector uh, from Working House. From, it's a dog from the United States bred by Amanda Homan. Um, incredible trainer and this dog that I have from her is an incredible dog. He just has his BH and AD. I'll be going for his one, maybe next month. I don't know. Probably, you know, within the next two or three months, I'm waiting for a trial. How dog, old is he now? Right, two, little over two. I got him at nine months old. Okay. So, um, you know, I started training him basically the day that I got him and, uh, uh, he didn't really know anything, which is how I like a dog when I get him. Um, and he's ready for a one right now. He'll probably be ready for a three. I make, may make a run for the championships with him in spring. Um, you know, it, it's a young dog. I'm, I'm not that guy who's like, oh, I got to get back on the field right away. Um, I just retired my Malinois, who kind of retired a little early due to a, 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 a soft tissue injury. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of sitting here with this young dog. Um, we'll either hit the scene in spring, the big, the championship scene, or, or um, you know, in 2020, late 2022, 23. But we're, we'll get his titles this winter on him. And he's a banger. He's a good yeah, one. Yeah, I feel that too. Then, What do you think about uh, dog selection and getting dogs, like older dogs? Like I've seen people that get, this just wasn't a thing to me. I never wanted to have a dog um that was like kind of already trained you know what i'm saying like the right. dog's like two or three years old he's already got a bh and that kind of stuff and then they start you know people get a dog like that and then start working with it i always want to raise my dog from the ground up and just put everything in him you know what i'm saying yeah that's a really good question a lot of, not a lot of people ask me about this stuff so when i got into this sport or you know in the early early late or 99 2000s whatever um, from there until about 2006, I had three or four dogs that I've taken from literally, you know, puppies, eight, nine weeks old to the world championship. And I was that guy too. I was like, man, I don't want no dog that's older, you know, bullshit. I want, you know, I don't want our already trained dog as I was getting older and I started bringing in, you know, I'm like time for a new puppy. I started realizing, holy crap, man, I'm washing a lot of puppies out none of them were quite good enough to get to the level I wanted to, you know, and I'm getting older and older and older. Um, you know, and the last few dogs that I had were actually dogs that were already titled that came with a one or a two. And it's kind of a different story. I didn't search for them. They kind of fell into my hands, but when you get to a certain point of your life, what you're going to find out, dude, it's very hard to get a good puppy for a high level. Right. Like, I, I mean, I, I was um, writing a blog the other day about washing puppies. Nobody talks about it. They always say, well, my puppy's not biting good. Um, you know, what, what should I do? Well, everyone's like, he could be teething, wait for him to mature. And I'm like, I'm going to give him another week and he, oh, he's gone. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I'm not that guy, dude, because I've, 
I, I now listen, there, there is always that one dog that, oh, we waited for him to mature and now he's a rock star. That's fine, but he ain't waiting around my house for nine months until the fucker bites and takes the ball, right? Like we're gonna, they, they have to show me something. Um, so like at this point in my life, I, you know, being go, gonna be 52 here in December, I, I couldn't see me getting another puppy, man. That six months to eight months of my life where if he, he don't work out, I'm gonna have to wash him and then I'm starting over. So if you can get me into an eight, nine month old dog who we know is biting, we know got good food drive, we know got the nerves, we know he ain't stick shy. Uh, we can't tell all about the hips and elbows, but we know if that, you know, as long as the hips are not square, you know, get me in a dog like that, that's more what I'm looking for right now. Um, and it'll happen as you get older. You're like, damn, I'm running out of time, basically. <laughs> that, that's true. I feel you. It's been about six years since I've had a dog that I can compete with that's mine. Um, Cause I have that same method. Like I had a real nice female dog. I raised her from a puppy. She was actually somebody else's wash. And then I raised that dog up. She did real well in everything that I had her to do. And trying to replace her, I get a puppy. It's hard, man. Nice, nice, good drive. Da, da, da. Then it, it kind of fades out. Dog gets like eight months old. He starts doing stuff that I don't like. I'm like, oh my God. Another puppy, another puppy. Then I just stopped getting dogs. And I was like, I'm yep. gonna train my friends and club my club members' dogs and just celebrate them winning and doing whatever. So I did that yep. for a while. And now the dog that I have right now is the first dog that I've had that I feel real good about. He's 15 months old right now. He's really doing with everything I ask him. And I do extra life stuff with him. Like we go hunting, we do hog hunting and stuff like that. Right. I, really, I really don't want to get him hurt. So I kind of keep him out of that too. So. But it's tough, man. I mean, you, you just answered your own question you know, like yeah. about getting a, a young dog versus an older dog. At some point, you know, it's like, as much as I like messing with puppies, I, I, I'm not going to risk another a year to see i've done it nobody ever has to say nobody can say well dave never did it with a puppy man i've done it with many puppies i i, I may have been you know one of the first to do a handler own trained dog to the world championship back in in the late 1990s you know mm -hmm. um so i don't have to i've done it i i okay cool i've done it now i just i like to compete i'm very competitive you know right. um i'm not I'm not into dog culture. I don't like hanging out with, to be honest, with a lot of dog people. I don't have a club. I'm not in a club. Um, uh, you know, I have to be part of the culture to a point because I promote my social media. I promote my website um, and stuff like that. But I'm just not that person. You know, I kind of train alone. I have people that help me. Um, and there's certain people like, I mean, if you put me and Wallace together, we'll train all day long, right? You know, I put me and um, some other, you know, friends of mine, normally older, a little bit, not that we're dead yet, but, you know, right. that we can kind of, we're, we're on the same kind of wavelength and stuff like that. Um, right. But I'm not a big club guy and I'm not a big dog culture guy. Like, that's not my thing. Okay, cool. So. I feel like uh, just just from the outside looking in that you're a really good teacher. Um, so do you enjoy training people 
or just you and the dogs most of the time? Um, you know, I, I ended up when I was in the music industry, I ended up being a teacher at that point, you know, um, and, you know, I've been a teacher of dog stuff all my life. I, I was thinking about this for a few hours this morning because I was kind of in a bad groove about something. And I like teaching, but I, I don't like problem solving. Someone else's problems. Like I, I was kind of irritated this morning because I had three phone calls of people that had um, some issues, but it, it was just problems. Like everything... If I open up my emails, if I open up my Facebook Messenger, everything that everybody's throwing at me is their problems, mm. right? Dave, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? How do I fix this? I'm not like, of course, I know I, I can solve problems and stuff like that. But when you're just getting other people's problems thrown at you, like day after day, hour after hour after, mm. it's like, well, holy shit, man. You know, I'm not Dr. Phil. Like that, I don't have training in this. And a lot of people... They're very emotional about their training. So they break down and people will have tears and I get it, but it's like, holy crap, man. Like I'm not qualified to deal with that day after day, year after year, you know, over 20 year period. Now, if you ask me how to, Dave, how, I want to create some pretty art, man, I'd be happy to talk to you and, and do that. But it's hard because it's always, Dave, here are my problems, fix them. You know, right. like, and that's something different because- a lot of times it goes back to internally with people and that type of thing. And uh, like I said, man, I'm not Dr. Phil. I never, I, I didn't sign up for that. I didn't go to school for that. I mean, I did go to the school. I took classes on psychology and stuff, but um, I like teaching. I think it's a love hate relationship, you know, like I like teaching new things to people. Yes. I don't like being, having problems thrown at me constantly fix this problem, fix the, uh, fix this fuck up that I did with my dog. Right. Like yes, it's yes. always that it's always that. Right. Cause 90% of the time it's something that they're doing or allowing or not. hundred percent of the time. you know. Yeah. yeah so people, if you're they, asking me to fix something, it's one thing it's genetics of the dog or you mess something up. Yep. You know, it's rare that people say, Dave, there's a new behavior. I'm trying to teach a dog. My let's say stand in motion. I don't care. Bark and hold. You name it. How do you teach it? People rarely ask me stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's always how do I fix this, 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 and this? Yeah, because they start trying to do it in a way that you didn't tell them to do, and then they start doing this all this off the wall stuff, and then they're like, "Oh well, my plan didn't work." So then they come back to you and try to get the solution. Right. Yeah. So, man. But yeah, I, I love teaching. It's love, love, hate relationship, man. I like it. I like, I like teaching because I feel. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you have kids or not, but I feel like, don't. like, the people that I train are like that to me, like my kids, and I feel like when they have success doing something, I win too. You know what I'm saying? So right. I kind of like that feeling of like teaching somebody something they do it and then they go on and do great things and i'm like okay i feel like i've done it even like this whole time that i wasn't competing the people in my club or people around me that are learning and they're they're having success i was happy with that i felt like i was winning just as well you know right i mean i've had that like 
you know, I used to have a club. I've coached people to very high level of world championships and stuff. But the thing that, and maybe you're not there yet. Um, do you do this for a living? Yes. Okay. I quit my job two so, years ago. Okay. So you're still pretty new. I've been doing this for a living for 20 years. Right. One thing that starts to happen is, okay, yeah, um, I love, you know, people have success. I love that. But also when they don't, that becomes my problem too, right? And sometimes it's difficult because, um, yeah, you know, it's just with Mar same with martial arts, uh, with, with anything, not everybody can be the best, right? Like yes. there's certain things you need to be good at martial arts, maybe good timing. First of all, you gotta be in shape. You gotta have a body, right? Like it, it's probably pretty rare that some, um, a morbidly obese dude who has no fitness is going to be good at jujitsu, right? Yeah. I would assume. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you, you may be coaching him and helping him. Like, well, dude, you, you, you know, it's going to be really tough. You're not going to do well, right? So the, the thing with coaching and teaching is I love, I take responsibility for everybody's successes, not responsibility. I'm happy to be there and celebrate with them. Um, but also, if I'm coaching them, it's my problem, too, when it goes wrong. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. E even if they didn't follow all your instructions. <laughs> you still well, have that's to what do. I'm saying, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, so if you're going to let me guide the ship, let me guide the ship, and then I'll be responsible right. for it if you did everything that I told you. So, yeah, I, I get where you're going. Because some people, my biggest, biggest issue is when you're training somebody and then they get on the internet and they see somebody else doing something similar to what you're teaching right. them. And then they go learn over there and which is not a problem. I don't have a problem with that at all, but don't take the dog. Like, like you can go to a, a seminar and go to an audit spot without bringing your dog. hundred you know percent. Right. And then you, you know, like they start, then, then you're at the seminar. The person doesn't know the dog. He starts doing a bunch of stuff that we already tried. And then I'm like, bro, right. We've done it already. That's yeah. not going to work. This is not that dog. So, you know, that, that really just grinds my gears, you know. <laughs> but, dude, a lot of people want to go to seminars now. And, you, you know, you're, you're talking to a guy who at one point of, of my career, not so long ago, I, I'd be on an airplane every weekend doing a seminar, you know, mm -hmm. worldwide. And I, I can't even count, you know. That's what I did for 15 years. I'm not doing it so much anymore, but um, in the last year, especially with COVID happening, I'm, I'm not, I want to stay at home more, but people go to seminars for way different reasons than I would go, right? People want to go, you know, a lot of their ego, they want to show their dog off. They want their training validated. They, they you know, or they want to go just to have a good time with their dog, man. If I'm going to the seminar, I'm going to learn. Right. I don't need I don't need my dog. I don't right. need validation in my training. I don't need I'm going to pad and paper. I'm going to write my shit down. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to listen, you know, like a lot of a lot of people. It's funny because if I'm going to a seminar, some friends of mine will say, well, hey, man, um, all right, you're go you're leaving tomorrow. Have fun. I'm like, what, 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 what? I'm going to work, man. Like when you go to your job, I don't go, well, have fun today. Right. Like I'm going to teach, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of, it's, it's the mentality of dog folks. Everything is, dude, when you went to school, high school, whatever education, 
you didn't go to math class and someone go well, have fun if they right. said have fun at math class they were being a smart ass right yeah, they, good luck they were going there anything. to freaking learn, <laughs> yeah. learn. Right. yeah good luck so um people go to seminars for the wrong reason man you know they want like you said they want to take their dog show it off have their own training validated and normally bad shit happens generally speaking most of the time All right I, I wrote a post today uh about um, people doing training that makes them feel good instead of training that needs to be done. You know, like there's a lot of people that just, okay, my dog does this well. So like you've been working on healing for two years, but your dog still needs to learn how to do retrieves and, uh, you know, a lot more right. puzzles to the pieces of the puzzle. And then I'm like, okay, talk to me when you're supposed to be done. And then we'll see how much you have, you've advanced. And which and usually it's not. You can make a bunch of cool videos and make the dog look good and all that, but you have to do things that are not that you don't really enjoy doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that it's a whole nother discussion. I've talked about this stuff before. Um, you know, but here you're absolutely right, dude. Like training for me is not fun most of the time. Yeah. It's actually very stressful, right? For me, most of the time. I'm I'm a, a top level trainer trying to make top level competitions. It's not always fun, but I thrive off of that, right? Like when you go to jujitsu training and you get your ass whooped by, I don't know, what do they call it, sensei or what, who, who is it? Who's the dude? Yeah, that's what it is. Right? It would be your okay. coach or your yep. sensei. Yeah. Okay, it ain't always fun, man. You'd get your ass handed to you, but right. you're learning, right? And Correct. you've got to go through that. It's the same thing with dog training. It's not always fun. Right. Things break down, right? I've got to figure the puzzle out. I've got to, um, things get dark, you know, for the dog, get dark for me. But people don't want to go there. But here's the thing that I always have to remember, man. Not everybody is trying to go to the world championship. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like for some people, uh, it's like, well, I just do it because after a hard day of work, I like to drink some wine and go, go to my my, my Schutzen or, or ring or PSA yeah, right, club. Right. And, and I'm down. I'm like, dude, I get it. But do not expect to get results like I do then. Exactly. The two don't yes. go together. Yes, they yes. don't go together. You can be the yeah. weekend warrior and you love the club potluck dinners and all that shit, but you can't complain and get emotional when your dog don't perform. Right. Because if you're not willing to go into that area of training where it does not always look pretty, it's not always playtime, right? Right. Then it'll never advance. You can't be, you got to have goals. Like, well, at some point, a behavior needs to be finished. It ain't luring around with the field with a ball under your arm and a cookie in your finger all day long. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. I mean, we do that. I mean, I train with food. I'm a clicker trainer, right? Like, I train a lot of reward-based training that's my thing but of course i use pressure and there are sometimes things break down and right. they get ugly and i've got to work through it you know that it happens to me all the time and right. um yeah so it's not always that fun and i and like i said i'm fine with that and if, if people just do it for a hobby you know like i'm not a professional uh bmx rider i right. i forget i do it for a hobby i can't beat myself up right like I'm 52 years old. Being a pro at that is I'm, I'm 40 years past that or 20 years past that. But I do know if I wanted to, uh, well, God, for my body couldn't handle it, but I, my life would have to change. If you want different 
behavior out of your dog, you've got to change your behavior. So right. you're absolutely right. It's not always fun playtime, right? Right. Not, not, not at all. Like people definitely want the success or, or uh, the accomplishments that you have without taking uh, the ne- proper steps that you did to get to that point. Um, right. Yeah. Like I, I do a lot with my dog. I wake up in the morning, we have a routine. I feed him before I say, don't feed your dog. This is what I do with most of my clients. Do not feed him out of the bowl. Our first two weeks of training, all his food you're going to, he's going to get from you. And I just right. want him to do that just to kind of get more engagement instead of let him graze like a cow all day and eat. And then he's not going to really work for you. It's going to be hard to get him to do you know, what you want to do. And it's like, oh, I fed him this morning before our lesson. I just, you know, he's hungry. I'm like, he's not hungry. You know, like, if he doesn't <laughs> do, take- do they always say that? They'll always say that. Or, or they'll say, oh, I didn't feed him this morning. He's going to be hungry. Dude, missing one meal don't do anything, right? We know. I'm, I'm talking about a good, feed him, a good 36, right? 48 hours. Right. And here's the reality, dude. I don't like, I've never starved one of my personal dogs. They have good food drive. The difference is they have good work ethic because when I get a new dog, they're not eating out of a bowl. They're getting the same damn amount of food just from me. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So it's like, I'm not depriving them of food. (laughs) Now, if you got a dog with low food drive, maybe they got to skip a meal or two. Hell, right. 95% of the human population need to skip a freaking meal or two, a right? Couple. I need to miss a couple. So, dude, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could miss one or two, but yeah, it's the same thing, you know, and I, I've, I've dealt with all those struggles for over 20 years. Um, and I, you know, I don't do a lot of private lessons anymore. I have, I have a couple few people, uh, clients that I work with that are relatively high level trainers. Um, you know, I, I really like my website and don't forget, I'm going to hook you up with a free subscription. It was DKATV, DavePryor.com. I'm not going to get hooked up with that. I'm going to plug that (laughs) in, uh, uh, when I do all the editing and stuff, it'll be plugged in. Um, I got another question for you. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Hit me. Do you think that dogs are self-pleasing? Man, dude, to me, they're the most opportunity. Well, no, animals are opportunistic. They're opportunistic son of a bitches, man. They're going to pull your pants down when you least expect it, right? That, that's the way I, I, they're doing everything for them. Whatever's in the best interest. Yeah, that's what them. I mean, self-pleasing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, my job is to teach them, well, hey, it's in your best interest to do things for me. However, I got to get, you know, and that. It's very simple. You control the resources. It's, it's not very difficult, right. um, you know, from their social interactions and um, uh, whether, you know, whether it, it food, water, um, you know, se- uh, sexual activity is a resource. Not, I mean, unless I'm breeding the dog, I'm not, we're not dealing with that. Right. But, you know, social interaction, food, water, play. Um, and then we are blessed and people don't understand this. We are blessed that the dog is domesticated and that is a pack animal that allows us to be able to use other quadrants of the, of learning. And I hate talking about that shit, but we can use for lack of better word, a correction on a dog. We can use positive punishment on a dog because they are a pack animal and they are domesticated. And I know that everybody keeps saying, 
oh, the theory of the hierarchy of the dog, uh, that whole theory has been debunked by the guy. And I'm like, you know what? That, that, that's all, anyone can have an article on social media. Right, the dog right. is a domesticated pack animal. Yes. It is a predator and it's domesticated. That means, and it is a pack animal, that it does abide by the hierarchy, hierarchy theory, yes. right? Yes. So that does allow me to use positive punishment on the dog. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody go use positive punishment, mm -hmm. but for all the people out there that go, oh, you know, only um, reward-based training, positive only, all that bullshit. Uh, what, you know what, at this point in my life, I'm 52, I don't feel like arguing about it anymore. I always say, meet me on the podium and we'll have that discussion. Exactly. Until then, yeah. shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see what's going to happen if uh, they get like the UK and uh, uh, like ban electric and stuff like that. Um, you know, it's going to uh, be dude, weird. I, I, don't, I don't think that'll happen in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going that way, right? The trend is going that way. Um, I, I don't believe that'll happen in our life, maybe not in my lifetime, maybe in yours. Um, I, I think what we see is what we're gonna see for right at the moment, probably till I, I leave this earth, which hopefully is you know, later than sooner. But if we be realistic about it, 20, 30 years from now, I, I don't believe we'll have a ban on that stuff. I bet they'll be talking about it though. Yeah, it's the crazy thing is that people don't, the people making the laws or making the decisions, they have no idea what they're talking about. So, like, like it's with, with anything, just uh, just the culture. We live in like this cancel culture. Anything you say, you can, you know, they just right. they're gonna pick at what you say. He meant this, he meant that, blah blah. It's the same way with uh training tools. And I feel like any of them can be abused, and you're making this decision off of something that somebody said that doesn't know anything about dog training. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. The, the problem is, dude, when I first got into this as a, uh, um, you know, as a career choice and a professional, well, even before then, I was using pinch collars on my, my pet dogs. Um, you know, I was all about, man, fight the good fight, man. You know, like the pinch collar is a great thing and I'm going to fight the good fight and I'm going to explain it and educate. Now, 23 years later, I'm like, I'm done fighting the good fight, man. Yeah, it, because... Like you said, the culture is changing. I can't stop that. Right. I mean, you can sit here and have an intelligent conversation about applied theory and animal tech, you know, learning and, and stuff like that. Meanwhile, there's a, a Facebook group uh, with 90,000 close to 1 million people. <laughs> and, and I can tell you, I'm in these groups because I advertise my web stuff on it. Um, like, like the German Shepherd dog lovers. Dude, right. these are Facebook groups. None of you have never, that's some crazy ass shit. Like, dude, it, that's like a, a million people. You, you know, somebody asked a question. Well, um, you know, what harness should I have my dog on because they pull too much? None of them. <laughs> right, dude, I, I'll make that comment. Don't use a harness they promote pulling. Oh. Use a training collar. Dude, and I'll have 50,000 motherfuckers lynching me. And I'm like, you know what? I don't have this time to sit on the internet and defend my knowledge against 50,000 people. Yeah, right? right. People don't know. They don't have a clue. So, like, 
But it's the numbers, right? The numbers, I, it, it, dude, the, it's enough. That's why I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to fight the good fight anymore, man. I'm going to live my life on my little country acres here, keep my nose down and do my thing. I had, I had, I had a conversation with someone and I was teaching my dog to do a folk seal, right? So I showed him a couple videos of other people doing it. The first thing that they said was, that looks like abuse. Does the dog ever walk normal after that? Because, you know, like if I feed my dog, like as soon as I let him right. out the cage, he knows to get in, in a heel position and right. stare up at me. We do a little bit of OB. I send him back to his food. So I'm like, it's not abuse. I'm not making him. He's just learned that he has to do that to get to eat. And right. I understood after the hearing it from a bunch of different civilians, like people who are not into dogs, I get how it can how it can be perceived like that looks like torture. His next that's an unnatural position, right. you know, and I'm like, he's not hurting. He's having fun. He's barking at me just to get his food, you know, you know, but it's hard to explain that to somebody who doesn't understand how you right. got him to do what what you got getting him to do. It's so foreign to everybody. Right. And I mean, you. You, you know, I, I guess, you know, within the performance dog world, I reach a lot of people, but dude, the performance dog world is a dot on the beach of, you know, like Miami or the beach right. of wherever, right? right? Like it's one grain of sand on a 20 miles of beach. Right. So I'm like, I, instead of, you know, trying to fight the good fight, it's real simple, man. You, you know, I've, I've got a niche of what I do. Right. And um, I've done a good job at creating that and being successful. And man, I'm gonna let you young guys fight that fight for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm done fighting myself. The thing that the thing that gets me the most is those people are the people who are gonna you're gonna you'll do like some obedience, like a short video of obedience with your dog, and they'll share it. And they'll like, this is amazing. This is, you know, right. the same people. And then when you start telling them the, the methods that you did to get the dog where it is, oh, I'm not doing that. Blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, man, the dog world's a funny world, or the animal world's a funny world, man. It's a funny world. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, just trying to trying to get to a high level in whatever I do in the dogs and try to, you know, uh, just since I started this podcast, I've got to meet a lot of people and talk to a lot of people and, you know, um, build relationships, which is branching me out of my mind in a way because you have to get out. You have to, you know, um, you have to broaden your horizons as far as just being in your circle and the, the way your people train around you. I think it's important to just learn a lot of stuff from different people. Yeah, man. Like I said, dude, you're you're fortunate to be around a good group with South Metro. Um, I mean, there's there's other groups too in in Georgia, but I know I know Wallace for for a long time. You know, me and him and I talk quite frequently, um, weekly, if not a few times a week. Um, and I've really been. I mean, I'm always impressed with Wallace's training, his knowledge of animal behavior, but. Dude, he's been developing some really good young helpers, man, in the last, you know, few years. And uh, that's pretty cool. I dig that. Cause I, you know, I, I stopped trying to do that shit too a few years ago. Yeah, but right. uh, Wallace, I, I think Wallace is now kind of like 
gain that reputation of being able to develop good helpers. And he's doing a like, I bring my young dog, you know, down to, to Wallace's and any of his helpers could work my dog. I'd be comfortable with any of them, man. You know, so right. you're in the right spot for learning and growing for sure. Yeah, for sure. What uh and what, I hopefully hopefully Wallace didn't tell you to have me do your podcast. He did not. Friends, he did but, not. And I don't okay, even cool, think cool. I didn't even know I didn't know that you, you guys knew each other, but I figured you did just because of the, the level of competition that you yeah. guys have been in. No, um, he's I'm a very sure. good friend, dear friend of mine. Yeah, man. I get around, I like I talk to a lot of people and stuff. He when he sees this, he'll probably be surprised. He's he doesn't even know I'm doing it. So I didn't tell him anything about it. I should, I should tell the story of me having to wipe the dog poo-poo off his butt before he went out to uh, obedience for the world championship, but I'm going to let him tell you that story. Oh, I'll definitely ask him about it. <laughs> you ask about Dave wiping the dog poop off your butt yeah. before you went out for the world championship. <laughs> I'll definitely ask him about it. One more question, man, before we wrap it up. What advice would you give to someone who has not started training yet? They're just passionate about dogs and they want to become a dog trainer. Uh, my main advice would be uh, do not, you know, study applied theory, study how animals learn. Um, don't get caught up in the social media aspect of, Oh, who's the hot trainer on social media this week. Um, you know, I always tell people, uh, learn the laws of learning. That's where it comes from, man. Um, nowadays with social media, you're going to see a lot of little clips, you know, TikTok's the thing too. You're going to see a 15 second clip of somebody that may have some gorgeous healing, but dude, there's a lot more than gorgeous healing to get Correct. that dog titled and everything. Right. Yes. Um, so study applied behavior, how dogs learn, you know, it is a technology that has to be learned. Someone needs to teach it to you, seek that knowledge. We all got into dog training because we liked dogs. That don't mean we knew shit about how animals learn, right? That's correct. Like we all, we have that X factor. Yeah, man, I'm good. And my last comment is, you know you are really a dog man or a dog woman or a dog person when you can live and coincide peacefully with an untrained dog. That's a heavy statement. Mm -hmm. Because for instance, my beagle has zero training. None, dude. Mm -hmm. Like if I call her to come, she comes half the time. You know, she barely housebroken. By yeah. barely, I mean, <laughs> once a month she may pee in the house. But that dog is untrained right. for all practical purposes. Does not know how to walk on a leash don't know how to do shit it's my favorite dog we live and coincide peacefully and lovely that's when you know you're a dog person my friend my frenchie's like that i have a frenchie yeah. i don't teach her nothing she's just wild yeah she's good with the then kids you know and... you're a dog man right yeah she's you wild. know because somebody else oh i gotta have all these rules what what rules man just coincide with the animal you know yeah. once you uh, my dog like people will say how do you function every day when she don't know anything what she got to know? She follows yeah. me around, right? Like, yeah, right. You have a relationship with her. I, yeah, we got a relationship, man. You know? Yeah. Let everybody know, man, where you're at. What's your Instagram? What's your how they can find that website again? And then uh, I'm definitely going. I'm going to cool. plug it in anyway. 
Uh, the website, davecroyer.com, real simple, man. Uh, we call it DKA TV. If you look on Facebook, you can put in Dave Croyer, DKA TV. That uh, will take you to the Facebook page. Um, once again, the website is davecroyer.com. My Insta is just Dave Croyer. Um, I, I'm becoming slower and slower with man social media that I like, I, there's other things that I like to do. I do have a private discussion group on, on Facebook. If you're a subscriber to my website, I'll talk. Gotcha. Other than that, man, I, I, I like, if you go onto my Insta page, I'm going to have half dog stuff and half mountain biking and BMX stuff. Right. And then, you know, then a video of me being at the fishbone or uh, dumpster punk concert from Friday night. Right. right. So right. It, it's going to be a lot of different stuff. Um, but yeah, man, I, you, you know, I, I'm going to get you hooked up. Check it out. Seven day free trial to DaveCryer.com. If you don't dig it, pirate all the videos for six days and cancel it on the seventh day. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm ha I, I like to give the information out, man. So, um, yeah, check it out. There's a lot of free videos, a lot of information there about there's over 500 videos, man. I got podcasts, um, uh, blogs, everything you can think of. Right, right, right. Where, where, where are you located? The town? Um, Austin, Austin, Texas. Really, okay. it's Huddle, North Austin. But yeah, you say Huddle, uh, Texas, Huddle, Huddle, H-U-T-T-O. It's about, about 10 miles north of Austin. Okay, cool, cool. I like Texas. I just left the Junior Olympics out there with my daughter. Uh, she oh, where running, were you at? She was running track. I was in somewhere place in Huddle, Texas. Huddle. Huddle. Yeah, I, dude, that's I, where I live. It's Huddle. It's, I think it's with two Ds still, like H-U-D-D-L-E. I think it's something like that. But it's by Houston. It's close oh. to Houston. Okay, you were on that side of the state. Got yeah. You. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's close. To, it was, it's, it's pretty nice out there, though. I like, I like Texas. Like they got some good hog hunting out there. Yeah, man. Like, dude, I could take you hog hunting right now down the road. You get 2030 tonight. Literally, yeah. if we go sit on the back of my property, you might get two or three tonight. <laughs> how, how much land you got? I got, well, I don't talk about that stuff on yeah. the internet, but I, I got, got you. enough property. You got space. I, so look. Yeah, I got space. I, I All around me is space. <laughs> I, I'll definitely take them off. Get them out of there for you. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've got, I got some boys, man, that, that go out and, uh, uh, they'll show me some pictures next morning. They get 20 or 30 in night, man. Yeah. They need them out. So yeah, they, know, they, they mess up, they mess the ranches up out here. So yeah, my pigs, my domestic pigs get out for an hour and they tear up a half acre, just four of them. So right. I, I can just imagine yeah. how, how bad it, uh, a population of hogs can tear up your property. Yep. Yeah, man. So. That is going to wrap us up, man. Um, episode six, Dave Croy. Y'all look into all of his information. And it was nice talking to you, brother. All right. Peace, man. Enjoyed it. All right. Have a nice one. Later.